John Nelson, and you are listening to the Starting Block Podcast. Guys, this is a show for complete athletic development. Our mission here is to give you guys the tools to win, whether you are the athlete, the parent, or the coach. Now, if you are new to our show, just want to say welcome. We got a lot of new listeners joining uh, the program, and I'm, I'm stoked about that. And I appreciate you guys sharing the show and joining us. So if you're new, let me tell you how our show operates. We're a little different than your standard podcast, all right? We have multiple episodes within the show. The first episode you're going to hear is the Q&A. That's where myself and my co-host, Chris Scarborough, good, what's up? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. That's where Chris and I will come on and we will answer the questions that you submit to us. These questions you can submit to us where, Chris? Info at startingblockpodcast.com. And just a reminder, there's no the in Starting Block Podcast. Our website is startingblockpodcast.com. Yep. <laughs> and our, our email is info at startingblockpodcast.com podcast.com. Yep. So info at You can submit your questions there. You can also put them on YouTube. So we're all, we're on YouTube. We're on all audio platforms. You can uh, just, you know, leave a comment there and we'll be happy to answer them on the show. So that's your Q and a, the second episode where we have is going to be our guest interview. And this is like your standard podcast, you know, for the most part where Chris and I are going to bring in our colleagues from across the country and across the, the globe. And they're going to share their stories of how they win and their tools for success with their clients, patients, et cetera. And that's what today is. We'll bring our guest on here in just a second. Um, and then the final episode is going to be that Friday fire fact, maybe Saturday sermon. I don't do these episodes every week. We do them every couple weeks based on just the quality of information that I feel like I want to share. I'm not just going to put info out there to put it out there. I want it to be beneficial and give you guys something to build on. And that that Friday, Saturday episode is not necessarily training related or rehab related. It's more the business side of stuff, the social media, the recruiting, things of that nature. So um, that's how our show operates. We already gave you the website and all that. We also ask that you please share the show. That's how we grow this. We don't, we're not running ads or anything at the moment. And all we ask in return for the info we give you is just to share the show. So that uh, cleans up all the housekeeping, I think, Chris. I don't, I don't think I left anything out, did I? Uh, I think we're all set there. We're ready to go. All right. So, without further ado, today we are pleased to welcome Mr. Adarian Barr to the show. Woo-hoo. What's up, man? Oh, you're on my, you're on mute still. There you go. There you go. Okay. <laughs> hey, we'll try to welcome <laughs> to the show, Adarian Barr. What's up? <laughs> hey, not a whole lot. Just you know, my usual stuff. Just, just. <laughs> on on instagram whatever just just usual stuff trying to get ready to go to europe oh uh cool. tomorrow morning so i got a, i got a, some clinics coming up over there uh this week next week you say you, got, you have so some just, clinics uh, coming up over there yeah i got one in uh galway ireland on the 15th and then i have one in copenhagen denmark on the 20th and then one in Verona, italy on the uh 23rd awesome. 22nd 23rd so, for guys, for those of you who don't know who Adarian is, um, Adarian is I'm, – I'm going to prop you up here, okay? Adarian is a huge <laughs> name in our industry, um, a real outside-the-box thinker. He, he is one of the world's greatest, like, sprint, speed, track kind of movement coaches. Do you still, you still have your company bar running, correct? Is that right? Yeah, we still have. Well, yeah, we 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 have bar running, okay. but we operate under a different name now. I mean, we operate under Nine Brains now. Okay, um, 
um, named after octopus because octopus has nine brains, one for each tentacle plus a main one. So to control movement, so we so we switched over. We think that's okay. more super. I fast. already learned something. You know, that didn't take long. And he's also an author too. Yes. Make sure I get that yeah, one out too. Yeah, author. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I started to. I got about halfway through your book. I was hopeful I'd be able to get it finished before we um, met with you. But uh, yeah, the book is available. I bought mine on Walmart, but it's available. Every, is it available everywhere, Adrian or Darren? Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, so though you know, like Amazon, Barnes and Noble, pretty much any book retailer. You know, uh, you know. Sometimes I'm surprised where it's available at, and it's pretty much available worldwide. You know, uh, Japan, Australia, India, um, Ireland, Spain. It's pretty much available. It's not. It hasn't been converted to other languages yet, but it's available. Yes, awesome. And hardback, paperback, and um, ebook format. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So guys, check it out for sure. It's good. Like I'm about halfway through it and, um, it, it really, like I said, it's out, of, it's out of the box thinking it may, it, you know, that's, that's great. It's uh, kind of just like us, but, um, so I've, <laughs> I've started following a Darren. I've known about you for a, a while, followed your stuff periodically, but Chris has really, you know, dove into your stuff quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, Chris, how did you connect with the Darian and like, et cetera? Honestly, I don't even remember. It was before the whole COVID shutdown thing. And uh, I remember. I thought I thought you could say shit. <laughs> well, yes, that is well. Um, I, I, I will go ahead and say that. Yes, the COVID shit. Yes. We can really have some fun if you want me to go down that rabbit hole, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I tell you what, I don't think I ever saw anybody who took more arrows from the. Sprint establishment. I'm gonna. I, I don't. You know. I don't know if there is such a thing. But you know. I was yeah. Like, yeah. You know. This guy's just taking a ton of arrows, and I'm like, so he must know what yeah. he's talking about. So I started. You know, yeah, looking still, at still stuff. I them, went yeah. through your yeah. basic four. Um, Mothers, levers, yeah. You know, and, and the, the various courses there. Right. Right. And uh, it's like this is. Good stuff. I mean, what what is there here to argue about? I wasn't even sure. I was like, "What's the case? Where is the where is the you know where's the controversy?" So we started getting into the controversial stuff, and it was like you know you start looking at uh, you know especially and and don't misunderstand. I mean, I have a lot of respect for the Ralph Mans of the world. I mean, he clearly was an elite level competitor and uh, very good biomechanics uh, author. You know, in in, in in his own right. But I'm like, there were people coming, especially from that camp and Franz Bosch camp, and um, they were just attacking oh, yeah. a Darian. Like, I'm like, yeah. this guy must know what he's doing. So, so, so for our listeners that that are getting to know you, right? Like, I know a lot of you know a lot of people that are following from you know my side of it. You know, have heard right. me talk about you, but what? Share with them kind of your underlying philosophy and and your approach to stuff, and then we kind of will dig from there. Well, uh, my underlying philosophy is it shouldn't be this hard to be better. I like Simple that. Okay, it should it shouldn't be this hard to be better, and so that's that's the whole thing. But I understand money, and so simple doesn't sell. Complicate complication sells. You know, just like I tell people, why would you go to the same plank ten years in a row to learn how to a skip? Why? Why? <laughs> Yep. You didn't learn it the first time, you know, so, but, but they complify it. And, and, and that's my word, you know, complify. I made that word up, but it that's works. what they do. Instead of well, you simple, you they, are they an acclaimed author now. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that, but that's the whole thing. And so like, like for me, 
even like, you know, when people will come at me and say, I don't understand physics, but I'm the guy talking about levers. You know, <laughs> like, what do you mean? You know, but I, I think part of that's just that, you know, you know, some people say I don't give exercises and I do. I just charge for them. You know, I just don't do it for free. And, and so people get mad about that. People get mad because they, they, they want me to, you know, <laughs> spell it out for them. And I did, you know, like, like, like I tell people, you know, if you're sprinting, you're not tall. You're squatting. It's just that simple. But you want to spend all this time, what I call unicorn training. You know, we imagine a unicorn, but we're never going to see a unicorn. You're never going to see anybody run tall. You won't. But we keep training for it and keep training for it and keep training for it. makes no sense to me. That's why, it's, that's why, that's why nobody's getting better because you, what you were doing naturally that made you good, you got away from it. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and then we wonder why people are getting hurt. Why this is happening? Well, because you, you, you made it hard instead of keeping it simple. You know? And, and so, and, and even like, you know, why, you know, when I talk about rotations and things like that, you know, um, you know, even like shin angle change and stuff. And people say now, you know, at first nobody talked about shin angle change. Now they are talking about shin angle change. Now they're saying it's the horizontal component, but it's not the horizontal component. It's just getting out of the way so the hip can come through. You know, it's like opening a gate. If, if the shin gets out of the way, the hip can come through. If it doesn't get out of the way, then you go, the hip can't come through. It's simple stuff again. But they want to put, well, that's, that's the indication. No, it's not indicating which way the force is being applied. It's just getting out of the way. But that's too simple. See, see, we, that's that's what a two minute clinic, right? Right? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be now, that's four grand now, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> four grand, two days, and let's go drink. That's what it's going. Yeah, but honestly, though, I know so you that, say you don't give exercises, but I've seen you put a ton of stuff on Instagram. I do. That's what I'm saying. Right. I, I do. They just don't recognize it because I don't say this is right. an exercise. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. I, I mean. I, I mean. I mean, I do. I get plenty of exercises out, you know, but I don't. I don't organize in a program. Go A, B, C, D, E. But to me, it's like you sh- it shouldn't be hard to really program. It's program. Programming to me is like the easiest thing ever invented. You know, if you want to work on this, here's the exercise. If you want, here's the ex- here's the exercise. You know, I, I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot to to put a program together. Um, but most people. But yeah, I remember too. Most people don't work on technique. And my definition of technique is: what am I doing? How am I going to do it? And when am I going to do it? Most people, once again, are just out there saying, hey, I'm going to work on my knee lift. Okay, cool. And they go out there and they sit up wickets and they work, they work on their knee lift. Okay, how'd you lift your knees? When did you lift your knees? When did you stop lifting your knees? So the technique isn't there. It's just wishing and hoping it works out right, which is why that inconsistency. One day you run this way. One day you run this way. One day you run this way. Why? Because you never knew you was, you never knew the time to do something. You knew what to do. You probably knew how to do it. But you never knew when to do it, right. you know? That's like missing dinner. You know, I know what's cooking. I know mom cooked. I know what she cooked. Wait. <laughs> or you, you, could you, would you say you de-evolved out of it? See, my, my theory, and, and I've gone on record <laughs> saying this multiple times, like I firmly yeah. believe that like we are seeing the de-evolution of the, of human society. Like Kids can't move. People can't move. We don't do what we were supposed to be doing as humans. And the further we get away from that, the further we get away from health. And so it's like our brain knows how to run. Like it's a program that's in our nervous system. We know how to do it. But it gets all jacked up because everybody wants to always be fixing something or trying to get you to move a certain way. Your body knows how to move. knows what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's, and like I said, that's why even, you know, it's funny, like I said, why we switched over to the name nine brains, you know, after octopus, you know, and, and to think about the power that each tentacle has a brain. I mean, that's, that's, that's power there that, that you, each tentacle has just, that's how much power it takes just to move that, 
This one tentacle has its own brain. That's crazy stuff. You know, and we're kind of in the same way where we have two brains, really, left, half, and right sphere. One's on one side, one's on the other side, you know, and, and, and all this other stuff going on. But yes, you know, but people want to do things like, and that's why I tell people, too, it cracks me up when somebody says, you know, my glutes are not fired. Because your brain didn't need the glutes. It's not dumb. It, it, you know, it, it's not dumb. It didn't need it. So if it didn't need it, it's not going to use it. But what is some, I, I, and that's where, that's where things go wrong. I want to use my glute. It's like, how are you just going to use your glute only? Tell me that. Show me that right now. Mm-hmm. Just use your glute only. The only muscle you're going to use on this next exercise is your glute. The other three around there, ah, no, I'm going to just, it's craziness, you know? So, so, and I think, you know, even like I think with elite athletes, what I think happened is this here. Why can elite athletes, you know, show us what to do? Because I think in the biggest scheme of things, they got the timing right, you know? Swinging a bat is swinging a bat. You know, you, you, we all going to swing a bat the same way, same muscle, same everything, same tool. But the timing of when to swing that thing is what Ken Griffey knows that I don't know, what a Tony Gwynn knows that I don't know. And, and so that, that they can't, but, but they leave clues behind about some of these things, and we refuse to learn from them because we say, well, they're just genetic freaks. Ain't nothing to learn here. So then we go and make up something. You know, me, the guy on the couch with a big beer belly goes and make up something, and then I'm going to charge you $4,000 for what I just made up. And, and you go, what about them? Well, they don't know what they're doing. They can't. They just, they just freaks. They're they doing it wrong, but they're freaks. That's why, they, that's why you know, I, and I think that becomes the thing. Like I said, we want to make it up, just like with kids, you know. I mean, think about this. And I always, I always thought it was strange, you know, when I see kids playing tackle football at the age of nine. And they condition these kids. Easy. We live in the South, man. Like, I know you're out in California, but, like, football's a religion (laughs) out here, bro. So be careful. But but this old thing, last time I checked, a nine-year-old has all the energy in the world. You don't need to condition a nine-year-old. Let them go play. Hey, put the ball out there. Preach. Line them up and let them play. Let them, let them figure out where they want to play it. Let them figure out how to throw the ball. Let them figure out how to catch the ball. Let them figure – kids ain't never had a problem tackling any, anyone, right? I mean, we've been tackling. What's the first thing a kid does? Tackle someone. So let's let them play again. Let's let them, let's let them play. Let's teach them the game. How about we teach them the game? <laughs> but let them play. And, and so we spend time to condition them, but we don't teach, spend time teaching them how to play the game. That, to me, is the problem. So let's kind of back up just a little bit because this is kind of where, um, you know, kind of about, you know, a daring and taking a whole bunch of arrows. If you were to pick <laughs> one thing, okay, well, maybe two, maybe two. Let's let's go with two. What are the two things that, like, you know, this is like the whole world of, of track and field coaching just goes after Coach Barr on. I mean, it's like, God knows shin angle has kind of come oh. around and, you know, people are now beginning to – come around that whole concept yeah. but what like what are the big deals right the biggest deal is is me saying squatted running okay that's the biggest deal that's that's the biggest deal and and and, and i and it's kind of once again it's kind of simple to me i mean think about french boss everybody spent all this time trying to get erect every and, and that's what you got to call mm-hmm. it erect running because anything else is squatting like i tell people people say he's taller than the other guy if you squat down a quarter inch you're squatted period if you squat down, you know, I mean, think about even in, in the, in the, and it's funny, like, like, I mean, think about lifting, what they call it. That's a quarter squat. That's not a full squat. But all of a sudden in running, that's not a quarter squat anymore. That's tall. Why did it switch? Why did it switch over in weightlifting? It was a quarter squat. You didn't squat far enough over in running. Oh, that's tall. No, that's a squat still, you know. But, but the whole thing about it is this here. 
think about this here, you know, and it's, it, and, it, and this is what gets in trouble too, because people say, I don't, I don't, you know, I go in circles. I don't go in circles. Let's ask questions. You want me to push my legs extended already. How do I push? And they can answer the question. You say you want me to put out more force. Tell me how to put out more force. They can't answer the question. You say you tell me how to do these things you want me to do because the way you got them going, it's not right. happening. You know, and I think that's the biggest problem is, 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 is that, you know, when you pin them down, you start asking questions, they can't answer the questions, you know. And, and so, and, and like it's talk about, you know, I have an athlete that's been working on pushing for 10 years, still hasn't mastered how to push. Either I'm wrong or they're wrong. Somebody's wrong. But the athlete hasn't mastered how to, I mean, I mean, think about this. You've been teaching a guy how to throw the ball for 10 years, how to be a quarterback for 10 years. He still can't throw the ball five yards. What are you going to say? Either I'm bad at teaching how to throw the ball or you suck as a quarterback. <laughs> right. Right. It's one or the other. And most likely, right, and most likely I'm going to say you suck at a quarterback because I can't t- take the blame for the last team. But I collected my money. I got my money. <laughs> but I can't say, hey, you know, I'm not, I, I got to give you money back because I was wrong. I suck at this. That's not going to happen. But yeah, but that would be it. I mean, the biggest thing would be that. And then the next thing would be feet. You know, people, people, you know, but, you know, feet, feet has got to be, you know, simple and stuff. But, but yeah, that, that's the biggest thing. Because uh, uh, because the argument is this here, and this is always the funny thing. If you're a distance runner versus a sprinter, and this is, you know, this is where you get into the book collisions and stuff like this. This is what the book is about. We have what they call extended collisions. And, and non-extended collision. So as a sprinter, I want to land it in a squat position because that is a short collision, which means I'm going to get maximum back out of whatever I just did. As a distance runner, I'm not trying to take all that pounding. So a distance runner is not going to land in a squat position. A distance runner is going to yield or extend the collision after they hit the ground. A sprinter isn't going to yield. And so, so, so people say, well, you're talking about that he's squatting. I didn't say he's squatting. I said he's squatted, which means he's already done when he hit the ground. So people won't listen to the words because they will say, you're saying he's yielding. I didn't say that. If you're a distance runner, you're going to yield. If you're a sprinter, you're not. But they can't get that picture out of their head that this person is not on a straight leg. Their torso is not upright. The torso is pitched forward. The thighs pitched. Everything is – but you have to understand why that's happening in the first place. And so if you don't understand rotations and leverage, you can't can't wrap your mind around why why that's in the first place, you know. And you go picture – like I said, you see me post picture after picture, sprint after sprint after sprinter. Even field event athletes, football player, basketball player, you know, rugby player, everybody's what? In this squatted position. Well, the, the one thing that that I think really caught my eye with, with your stuff was really getting in the – looking at the starts uh, at a combine. I, I want to say it was like 2018 or 19 or, you know, somewhere in there. Right. And we were looking – we are analyzing right. the starts. And, uh, you know, it was like – yeah, they 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 don't triple extend. You know the best. Excuse me, the best extend. runners don't triple. Extend. Don't triple extend. Yeah, them slow guys yeah. they triple extend. Yeah. So like jumping out yeah. versus yeah. trying to you know, and then uh, then they're very yeah. they end up being very poor position as a result. So, um, you know that's definitely one of those things that that we've we've totally gotten away from. As you know, we we can show example after example after example of an elite sprinter who does not triple extend or for that matter, a baseball player right. or a football player or whatever. Or, yeah. 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 I mean, even, even like, you know, with, with, you know, like I always tell people start to start to start, you know, but even like with, with baseball people, you know, when you see the best base dealers have a false step and then people say, don't do that. Like, why wouldn't you, the best, the best base dealers false step, but you have to understand what a false right. step does. It sets you up to accelerate really fast. And as a base dealer, I don't have time. I want. I got to get going. 
So here's something that really sets you up to get going really fast in a hurry. And people say, I don't want to do that one there. Right. I'm going to do something else. Okay. But, but even Pete Rose, who wasn't a fast dude, but he could steal some base. Right. Falstead. Lou Brocks. Ricky Henderson. I mean, you, the best base stealers. And that's, I think that's what, we, you know, we, we, we get into this thing of, I don't, and, I, and I don't get it. Like I said, I don't get why we see that, and then we want to invent something else. That's, that's the part I don't get, no matter what it is. You know, I, I don't get you know, why we, we see, you know, like I said, we see this shin angle change, and we say positive shin you know, set at a positive angle. No, this thing's going to change. And then they say, well, let me just start here. No, you, have to, you, want, you don't want to start from nothing. You've got to start right. with something. You've got to start with something, but don't start from nothing, you know. So, so you get into that there and everything where, where you know, people get into these things about wasted energy, you're going to get hurt. And that's usually the biggest thing people say to convince you of anything. You're going to get hurt doing it that way. Right. You know, I, I, mean, I mean, you look at, you know, injury rates of, at NCAA. The injury rate is 3%. All of them athletes, 3% of athletes get hurt. But we, we dedicate it to what? <laughs> Preventing injuries. No. Let's look at the other 97% that's not getting hurt to try sure. to help these 3%. But let's not look at the 3% and try to say these 97% are going to be in the same boat pretty. No, it's, it's, it's but, but what can I, but I mean, injuries are complicated. So guess what? I can sell you a program, you know, on, on injury prevention that I'm going to make a whole lot of money on, you know, that, that we're going to, but I think that becomes a lot of it too. It's just me asking the question. A lot of people just didn't, you know, cause I tell people, I'm not here to affirm your beliefs. And that, that's, that's a lot of times what people want to do is affirm. I'm not here to affirm your beliefs, you know, and, 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 and that's what people want. They go to the clinic to affirm. I mean, think about that. You go to a clinic because you have all these people in the clinic that are thinking the same way you think. Now you feel good about your program. You go back and your kids lose. But you go, hey, everybody at the clinic's doing it this way. No. Keep preaching. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm trying to let you go, but you're getting me fired up here. Like, I, yes, you're absolutely right. So let's, yeah. so let's paint a picture yeah, no. just, just very quickly. About that. Actually, I want to go back. I'm going to interject real quick, yep. Chris. I want to go back to one concept because, um, Darren, we – I mean, we have, we have coaches that listen to parents, you know, um, but we have a lot of athletes that listen to it as well. And that's one of the goals of this show is for the athlete, too. Like, I think in yeah. our industry, so many coaches talk coach to coach. Like, talk to the athlete for a second. Like, because they hear triple extension all the time. You know, especially when you have these kids that go, you know, from high school up to, like, D1, SEC, ACC. Yeah. What is, what's happening instead of triple extension for, so they know this? Well, first, this this is one thing I'm going to say. I'm, I'm going to say a couple of things, and, and then I'll get on that. First thing is don't be afraid to fire your coach. That's the first thing. Don't be afraid to fire. I'm sorry. That loyalty is, is ass shit because that person making a lot of money off of you, and you're not getting what you're supposed to be getting. So don't be afraid to fire them. Don't be, don't be afraid to shop around. Don't be afraid to even challenge them and ask questions. The second thing is this here. This is what's going on. You have this movement, and you, you have rotation happening. And so as – you move, you have the foot that wants to rotate. The foot wants to rotate. Then the tibia wants to rotate. Then the hip wants to rotate. So you have all this rotation going on. What most people are doing is reversing that rotation, no matter which way you're doing it. If you triple extend, you just reversed in the wrong direction. So your body's trying to rotate this way. It's like you tried to backpedal the other way. That's, that's about as simple as you can make it. You're going in the wrong direction with triple extension. Everything should be going in the same direction. And so, but, but once again, a lot of stuff people talk about, people have never seen. Well, you know, a lot of people have never seen. Because, because uh, now to me, but think about this. If the majority of athletes don't triple extend, where do they see it at? They're going to see it at the knee. Well, they're going to see it at a track person. They're going to see it in the knee. They're going to see their knee. You know, if, if they're triple extending, they're going to see their knee pop up away from the ground. 
That's gonna be the one spot, but they're also so, yeah. their hips gonna go up, is gonna pop up too. Yeah, but but I'm saying though, I mean like this here, you know, uh, think about the concept mm-hmm. of running tall. If 99.9 percent athletes are running squatted, when did you see somebody run tall? You never saw it. So so now what you see is as somebody running squatted. Now you imagine that as being tall. So so the question is really, and that, and that's what I try to work on is reshaping mm-hmm. that vision. We have to reshape the vision of this is what's really going on. This is what you're really seeing. You're not seeing that triple extension over here, but you're seeing, you see this movement, this movement, and this movement. You know, you don't see that other one unless you did in a drill where somebody was in a drill saying this is what it is, but when you get to the race, it's not happening. You know, and I think that's the biggest thing we have to do, you know, so to, to even to the high school athletes, parents, and coaches out there is what, what do I try to do? I try to reshape the vision that you're seeing. And, and it, it, it explain to them, go watch a lot of video. Go watch video and see if what you just saw. And don't say, don't let them, don't let them get away. That's what I said. That's what I got to fire people. Don't let them get away with, that guy's a freak. Don't let them get away with that. Because that's usually the biggest thing they say. That guy's a freak. Don't pay attention to him. And so you have to, so you have to go in that thing and get people to think for themselves, you know. Uh, um, so, yeah. But what they should see is rotation. That's what they really should see is rotation. You see a lot of rotation. The more rotation you see, the faster mm-hmm. you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Simple, you know. And it has to be rotation in the right direction. You don't rotation in the wrong, just like same thing. If your torso's pitching forward, that means it's rotating forward. You're going that way. You don't want your torso to start pitching backwards and rotation in the wrong direction. It's just rotation in the wrong direction. It's not agreeing with which way you're trying to go. Right. Makes sense. One of the things that, by the way, I want to paint the picture going, kind of going. Yeah, did I answer your question? Oh, sure yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so I, want, I just want the, ahead, I want the audience to, you know, we're talking about the false step in baseball because I want to, I want to make sure that we, we're clear on which foot is doing the uh, false step. So let's, somebody's going first. Somebody, I mean, seriously, <laughs> because they're going to be like, wait a minute, I never, so you know, make sure yeah. we get the right foot yeah. that's false stepping. So I'm on first base. Yeah. I've got so my right foot is closer to second, my left foot is closer right. to first. It's the right. it's going to be the one that's closer to second that's going to be doing the false stepping. Right. Watch that foot being right. pulled up under the body. And by the way, you'll see the exact same thing if you look at someone dive for a ball. You'll see the right. exact same thing. You'll see that foot come underneath the body, not step right. forward. Right. Right. Well, also, too, what, like, like say, what I call a false step is really what's going to happen is just that. The foot's going to get picked up and, and get put back down. It doesn't it, – it's going to – so sometimes people think stepping backwards is a false step. That's not – that's just a back step to me. That's not a false step, you know. But, but you know, you see it. You see it in some track. You know, last year the, the female – I can't remember her name, but she was from one of the countries. She ran the best time false stepping in blocks. Shakari Rich's false steps in blocks. Uh, Elaine Thompson has false step. These guys have false step and blocks from some very fast times, you know. But but once again, what do people say? I said, no, that's the how that fluke my butt. <laughs> she just false stepped and still whooped everybody. So how slow can it be, you know? But once again, people understand the false step is the fastest way to accelerate, you know. If you only go on one step, yeah, is that going to be the best way to get there? No, but we're not talking about going one step. We're talking about going 10 yards, 15 yards, 30 yards. You know, we're talking about going 100 meters. So at that point in time, if you want to start accelerating, fall steps is the fastest way to get there. It's just as simple as that. You know? and, and, and the thing about it is this. Most of the time, you don't even have to practice it. Most of the time, you're going to do it anyways until somebody tells you not to do it. 
that's the that's 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 the whole problem is that most of the time, once again, a lot of times people ask me, you know, uh, um, what can I do? And I say, stop doing that. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. Stop doing what you're doing. You'll go back to what you should have been doing. The, the the drills, the the canned drills are the ones. <laughs> canned drills, yeah. The yeah, the coordination drills, yeah. The, the coordination drills that have nothing to do with, you know, it's like, yeah. yeah those same coordination yeah. drills that we do forever and never improve on? Yeah. those. Wait, wait, but this, this is the funny thing. This always <laughs> just cracks me up. This cracks me up. You go to a sporting event. Let's, let's say we had a sporting event uh, where there's rugby going on, basketball going on, football going on, baseball going on, track going on, uh, softball going on. And what's the whole problem? Every single sport's doing the same old drills. Right. Yeah. How did that ever happen? Every different sports, different requirements. Everybody's doing the same old drills. Get out of here. <laughs> That's craziness. Right. Everybody. But if it, but if it's, it gets accepted, you know, then, you know, if that's sort of accepted to be the norm, then there you go. There's the reason why. Yeah. You know, th- I mean, that's why they're picking but it guess up. Why? Not, you know. Yeah. But guess why I got accepted? Because we're right. lazy. You know, it, it, it's easy for me to teach the masses one thing than to try and teach this individual, that individual, that individual, or what's good for this sport. You know, it's easy for me to just have one routine, especially you're talking about this. Let's go to the high school setting or college setting and your strength conditioning coach. You got six sports. You're going to come with six, six more routines or just one. And then what are those kids going to do? Go back and feed it back to the, whoever they're going to feed it to. Who are they going to feed it to? Down back to the high school. You know, they go, they go see the college high, they go see the high school coach and say, hey, we got this. So it gets fed down that way. But that's what it is. It's just, I'm just, I don't have time to do this, you know? So, but, but yeah, those forever warmer drills we keep on doing. And it's like, mm, you know, uh, and nobody, you know, even, even I crack up with running is, is is this here? This this the most funniest thing. So let let's move on to the to the feet for just a minute because clearly that okay. is a big deal. You know that's a um, you know John is heavily involved in, yeah. in working with that, and so mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen you in a video where you're wearing shoes at all. So that's uh, so clearly you you know you practice what's free. Okay, <laughs> please please yes, expand on that because on yes. Where, <laughs> Well, I take <laughs> so much heat for that. So much heat yeah. for not wearing I mean, shoes. So I, I, I don't like shoes. I just have to wear them, you know. But at the same time, I just look at this easiest thing. Let's let's keep it simple. Shoes to me is just temporary ground attached to your feet. It's the ground that moves with you. That's all it is. So to me, whatever I was doing barefoot, and that's what that's, it's funny people talk about barefoot training, but they're not doing anything. But they just took off their shoes. You know, once again, somebody complicated something. Hey, I'm going to teach you how to train barefoot. No, just take off your shoes and you're already barefoot. There's no other instructions for this. But what happens is how your feet move, interact with the ground, is how you want them to move, interact with the shoe because that's the new ground. And that's what people are missing out on. People are getting this proprioception thing. And I'm thinking like, says, when do you, when do you think about this here? You know, if you see sharp glass ahead of you, do you wait to step on it to figure out it's sharp glass? <laughs> or do you go around it? Because you already know it's sharp glass. I don't need my feet to tell me what I'm stepping on. I already know what I'm about to step on. I don't need them for that. But people think for some reason the shoe's supposed to be x-ray. You know, I mean, like if you get into a car, proprioception is the coolest thing ever. If you get into a car, what happens? You extend your boundaries to that car. If you're on a motorcycle, you extend your boundaries to this thing. That's why you don't bump in anything. You know how close you can get to something because your proprioception is extended. It's not through your feet. That's through you, you know. So, I, so this whole even proprioception thing is a weird thing. Is they, Like the feet is the only thing that's supposed to have proprioception ability. No, the feet is pressurized and they feel pressure. And so if you have shoes on 
It's going to detect the difference. It's still going to detect you. If you step on a sharp object, it's going to tell you. If you step on sand, it's going to tell you. If you step on grass, if you step on wet mud, it's still going to tell you what's going on through that shoe. Why? Because the pressure changed. That's all it is. But we will make this complicated again. But but it's funny, like I was saying, like, like it's a guy there. He calls himself the barefoot sprinter. It's one of those things that's funny. He lives by me, too. I'm waiting to go race him. I'm waiting cool. to go, like, oh, let's race. Yeah, there you go. Let's see what's happening. You know? But, but it's funny those things. Like I said, I, my kids don't wear shoes. You know, they, my kids walk around barefoot. I walk around barefoot. You know, inside, outside, doesn't matter. Ground hot doesn't matter until I have to go someplace where I have to put on shoes. Then I put on shoes. You know, or if the training or if the environment requires, like I said, you know, if I'm playing, you know, my son would play basketball in the driveway mm-hmm. barefoot. But when he goes to basketball practice, he can't do that. So he puts shoes on, you know. So, and we don't have, you know, like I said, so it, it, it's one of those things that I've just been doing. I just don't like shoes. But I also understand that whatever I was doing barefoot, and that's what people don't recognize. You have to recognize, what are you doing barefoot? Because whatever you did barefoot, you need to do with the shoe on because that's the new ground, you know. And, and so um, I think yesterday, yesterday, uh, my man, uh, uh, Zach came by, wide out you. He came by my house yesterday. And so, uh, uh, and we was talking about some things with the feet. And, and, and so, uh, you know, one of the things we was talking about was, and this is, you guys, look, I'm going to give you guys a brand new concept. This is hot off the press that nobody has has yet. And, and so uh, when people talk about opposing the thumb up as an opposing digit, what they're thinking about is, let me, mm-hmm. I'll put this on the screen. What they're thinking about is this opposing, this, 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 right. this, so you can grip things, mm-hmm. right? But think about it as opposing rotation of the hand. It's a different day now. Think about it as opposing rotation of the hand becomes a different day. So if you're going to throw something, oppose. So so if I'm going to grip something, people think grip this way. If you grip this way, then you oppose. You just locked it in. Different concept. So if you think about the feet too, as the big toe is going to oppose the rotation of the foot, different day coming. Okay. Yeah. I'm, pro- I'm processing. Yeah, I, I do too. Yeah. I'm, I'm that's 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 really interesting you say that I say that because I talk to people about the thumb a lot because like there's a direct correlation with the musculature here and influence on the elbow um, and I've seen I've seen it happen like I've I've tweaked people's grips before on stuff like particularly like baseball with their changeups and I mean I've yeah. there's a story we had one kid who's throwing who's throwing like ninety four and we just changed yeah. the thumb position and opened it up and it was like 97 in like three days. And so you're making me think about that. Yeah. 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 It's one of those things. Like I said, if think about this and I don't know, know, like I said, you guys see this. I don't know if y'all see it, but think about this way here. Most time people want to grip things Mm -hmm. like this here, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's that, that makes for a weak wrist. That's the whole problem. Once, even though I'm gripping this, even though I'm gripping it this way, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make this rotate, and I'm going to make it a pose. Once I do that, see, the wrist now is not weak anymore. If you just grip it, don't oppose the weak, the wrist is weak. Same thing for the foot. You have to oppose the rotation of the hand or oppose, use it to oppose the rotation of the foot. It's a different day coming. And so you're saying the big toe is opposing the rotation. Yep. Yep. And so yesterday we worked on it, and it's think about it this way here. And Zach was funny because Zach, Zach is Zach is fast. And so Zach, you know, he's in, he, you know, we in, we in my street, you know, we call it the ranch. We on the street, we're running and stuff like that. And so we have four situations where we talk oppose, narrow, oppose, wide, and 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 in and out. And so when we say oppose wide, all that means is th- these are going to stay apart. That's a wide mm-hmm. opposition. 
opposed narrow is going to come in. That's a narrow opposition. So all of a sudden, I say, hey, when you start off opposed wide, that'll give you stability. When you get going, opposed narrow, instability. And so when he switched out from opposed wide to opposed narrow, he screamed because shit just took off. <laughs> he was amazed at how fast the shit just – so, like, so, so are you saying that when we're rotating through – the the big toe is preventing us from what just excessively rotating. No, what's see what ha- joints? Joints are crazy. You got the the four toes has three joints. Big toeing has two joints, so it's not as flexible. But what's behind the big toe? The first metatarsal. What's on the first metatarsal? The sesamo bones. They create the extra joint that the others ones that the big toe doesn't have. So based on that, the big toe now, you can rotate around the big toe, but the big toe can also do its own thing. Mm-hmm. So as I try to rotate, like I said, as soon as I try to rotate my hand, rotate this finger this way, the thumb is going to oppose it. When it opposes it, that gives the wrist its thing. If it doesn't oppose it, the wrist stays weak. So you got to think about it this way. So this finger is going to rotate mm-hmm. one way. For those of you listening on audio, we, like all of us, like have our hands up in the screen. So sorry, we're we're trying to figure this out here. <laughs> so so take this take this first digit here yeah. and rotate it in. Okay. Yep. Now take the thumb and rotate it against it, and that's the now, now you're opposed. I got you. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So and you, and you can oppose. You can like I say even though I'm gripping something, I still can I still can do that rotation. Hmm. Okay. So, so, so yeah. So that becomes part of, it. and then you know you can do push up, sit ups, a lot of things, you know. But a lot of people, you know, like, and that's what people get mad at me about, because you know, I'm looking at this thing opposed. I'm like, yeah, but I think we get more out of it. I think we get more out of it if we just go. What if I oppose the rotation instead of opposing the, the digits, the grip? What if I say I'm going to oppose the rotation? Oh, and then they say, "Well, you just made that up." No, I didn't. I didn't make that up. So, what is <laughs> it? What is its influence then on the arches? And well, the influence on the arches is this here. It's 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 not the influence on the arches up the chain. So, just like you talk about the musculature here, it's going to, whatever happened at the foot is, is is controlling the muscles up the chain. So, what happened yesterday when Zach was running? As you oppose wide, it's like the outside. So now your glutes work. You know, TFL, ITB, all those things work. When you oppose narrow, it switches to the inner thigh. So what muscles worked switched. Okay. So you saw Go, you, Chris. You can, he could instantly tell a difference though in his ability. Oh yeah, it's like the video's so funny. Like like he like I said, he was it's it's probably like a quarter mile down to the stoplight from my house. He's probably at that speed trying to slow down. It took him that long just to slow down. <laughs> like like he couldn't stop. And he's he's but, laughing the whole way because he just like he just took off, you know? And then we played with some combinations of it. Then we said, okay, let's do this here. Let's go, you know, if you're a distance runner, let's go instead of instead of in, let's go oppose out. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go out instead of in. So so that gives you a cruise speed. So then we come back and we say, okay, this is what we're gonna do. Start off in wide to get going, and then go narrow. And then when we cruise speed, uh, go out wide. And sure enough, man, once again he can't stop. You can just see the gear changes as he goes through it. You know, and, and so it's it's one of those things that that we look at and things with feet. We haven't gotten to feet enough because we all we're thinking about is what the arch is collapsing, pronation of the foot, intrinsic muscles of the foot. But we're not looking at how the feet are controlling everything up the chain, just like these are controlling everything up the mm-hmm. chain. 
you know, and if I control him, and that's one thing, even when Zach was doing opposing, you know, because we were throwing the ball, we, we was knowing how much more velocity we could put on the ball. Uh, uh, we, we did some tennis stuff. We noticed all of a sudden how much more affirmative the stroke was and everything like that. And he was talking about all of a sudden his forearms were getting to work out, you know, because all of a sudden, you know, left the wrist alone and then you went into the musculature. So, yeah. And even that, you know, from one end to the other end, you know, we served in volley. We did a lot of stuff. We served in volleyballs all of a sudden. Hey, oppose and oppose. We lifted weights. So we, we went through. He was at my house. We lifted weights. We played volleyball. We played tennis. We threw a football. We ran the street. All this stuff we did, just working on those concepts. And it was like, yo. So if we, let's let's discuss that for just a minute. The train, the training environment. <laughs> one thing about one thing I have, you will never see a Darien Bar do, at least not one I've seen. Okay, and that is training some. There's I've never seen you train anything any place fancy. Okay, it's like you, I've seen you train with bricks, <laughs> homemade. You know, yeah, no, it's just, hey, hey, it's funny up. because you know. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, you got to go back to when, I mean, like I said, I was, I was one of those kids, like I said, when I was in high school, a lot of people don't know, but I was the um, state champion in triple jump, California, back in 1983. Holy uh, cow, Coach you know, Bar, you're overnight. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so what's funny is, I remember when I started to get really good in the triple jump, you know, and, uh, and you can go back, you got to go back to 83 when we didn't have all this stuff now. You know, weight rooms were still universal machines and all that kind of, you, know, you didn't have the right. squat racks right. and all of everything like that. And so, and we didn't have social media, internet videos and all that kind of stuff. So I remember when I started to get good, my coaches gave me a book on the triple jump because they said, you exceeded our ability. At least they admitted it. They said, whatever you're doing, you exceeded what we can teach you. Here's a book. Good luck. You know? And so I never had anything fancy. I just had, you know, I just had me. That's all I could ever, that's all I had was, was me, you know, what was around me and stuff like that. And so what? There's stadiums. I go do the stadiums. There's hills. I go do the hills. Whatever I had, that's what I dealt with. You know, this is how bad it was. My, I remember my street. You remember how they have down the street, they had the, um, the lane dividers painted down the street. I didn't know how far, how long the each stripe was, but I would try and jump the stripes. So see what I'm saying? That's all I ever had was a channel. Like, huh, that looks kind of far. Let me go and try and jump. You know, if I see a tree and a limb, huh, let me see if I can. That's, that's all I ever had was the environment. So that's what I'm still used to. It's just this the environment I got. This is what I'm going to go with and stuff like that. You know, and, and so it has nothing to do with, you know, being cheap or anything like that. That's just the way I came through was like, this is the environment. This is what I got. This is what I'm I, going I with. I think the one that took the cake was the one where you hooked your heels under the car and made a Nordic hamstring circle. <laughs> That was no, like, okay. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you know, yeah, I done, yeah, I've done that and stuff, you know, and I, and like I said, I started making equipment, and, and this is the other part too, like I have my own equipment that I have people make for me, you know, you know, and, and, and reason being because the equipment I had is like, this is garbage, you know, I don't care what they say, this is, this is, this equipment is garbage they're making and stuff, so I started making my own equipment and not because I wanted to make money, because I just didn't like what was being offered to me and stuff like that. But in order to do that, I had to understand what I was doing in the first place. And I think that's what we had to get back to. Do we really understand what we're doing? You know, if we really understand what we're doing, program's easy. Equipment's easy. We don't need, you know, but I think the more we don't understand what we're doing, the more we get into all this other stuff of, you know, like bands. Uh, I mean, think about this. Foam rollers, right? Foam rollers just for foam rolling. Now what are we doing with them? <laughs> Everything. I'm going to put them between my knees. I'm going to do this now. I'm going to put it on the wall. I'm going to step over it now. What are we doing you know so that becomes part of it too you know uh you know and think about even weightlifting muscles do something very simple 
you know, I mean, the body can really, you know, I can extend, I can fold up, I can unfold. That's all I can really do. So why we have all these machines to do that very simple thing? Fold, unfold. It, it, it's an amazing, you know, all these equipment we come up with do something very simple. Fold, unfold. That's, that's all we can do. And, and so we got these things made up and stuff like that. So, But once again, I can charge you more money. You know, if I got this fancy gym, you know, uh, I can charge you more money. I can make up more stuff, you know. Uh, uh, even, you know, even when I was a track coach, you know, at, at college level, I, my practice was an hour long. I, I didn't see mm-hmm. the purpose of being out there for three hours. It was an hour. I'm done. I'm out of here, you know. And, and, and people are like, what? I'm out of here. And then when we get to the meets and we jamming people up, they're like, what? Yeah, that's yeah. not supposed to happen. Come on. Well, you we, know, you got to. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. But, but you know, I, I think you know, when I was a college coach, I told the kids, that first of all, I want you to come to practice, you know. And I think that if you only had to be here for an hour, you come to practice versus, man, I don't want to be in practice for three hours, you know. And, and so, the, and, and I, because I'm telling I appreciate your time. So I'm not trying to take up, I know you got to study, I know you got to socialize, I know you got all this stuff. I'm not trying to take up three, four hours of your day. I, I'm not, you know. Uh, so I'm going to take one hour of your day and let's go get this done. <clears throat> so you know? I, I want to ask you this as we, as we're getting to the point where we're getting ready to wrap this up. You know, with so much information out there, right, there's so many in social media influencers. Then we got, you know, coaches, you know, we got bodybuilders, <laughs> we got all kinds of stuff. Kids have everything out there, all this information they're being flooded with. And, again, another point of this show is to connect these families and coaches and athletes with credible sources, guys like you. So kind of closing thought, like what is, what's the piece of advice you would give some of these athletes and coaches like on how to attack getting better, getting faster? Uh, the first thing is this here. You know, if you if you if you see a hundred videos on YouTube on the same thing, leave it alone. Leave it if you if you see a hundred videos on YouTube, a thousand videos on YouTube on the same thing, leave that one alone because that's common. See what I'm saying? If you if you I mean, think about this here. When you look at the, the better athletes, they don't do what's common. You know, I mean, they, they the better athletes don't do what's common and stuff like that. So. You have to look at it, and that's why I tell them: if you it, just because you see a thousand people doing it, don't make it good. It just means a thousand people want to do this thing. You know, the other part too is this here: we got to ask more questions, like what results. Like people ask me a lot of times, what results do I get? You know, and and, and it's like, well, this is the results I got. You know, they may not get you that results, but these are the results I got. And one of the first results I tell people is, nobody I work with is hurt. That's one of the first results I tell somebody: nobody I work with is hurt or injured in all these years. So that's my first result. That's a pretty good result. If you're not getting hurt, then guess what? You can train consistently. So, so if, if, and that's the other thing. If the first word out of somebody's mouth is injury prevention, I'm done already. By default, training should be injury prevention. It shouldn't be a specialty. It should be. Why are you training? I mean, I mean, think about this. What happened to weekend warriors? <laughs> they get up, they go play on the weekend, they get hurt. Because why? They didn't train. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying you won't get hurt, but by default, you're training so you don't get hurt. There's, you don't need to be – because now what are you doing? You're not working on your skill. You're working on not getting hurt. You're not working on your skill. So that becomes the other thing. But the, but the biggest thing is this here, you know, really figure out the, – the person has to really know what skill they're trying to master and find somebody that understands that skill. You know, if you want to play the bass guitar a certain way, you find the person that plays it that way and you, you, you deal with them. You don't deal with the, the, the general 
bass guitar teacher anymore. They're the one that can teach you how to do. And I think that's that's the other part too, is that they really have to do the homework and investigate and say, okay, you know, I really want to work on my sprint start. Cool. And and the first thing that I tell people is this here, whoever you're working with, can they explain to you why you're fast in the first place or why you're good in the first place? If I can't explain to you why you're fast or why you're good, then how can I help you? Yeah. That's a that's, that's, great that's, advice. That's, so, so that becomes a thing. A lot of people don't know why they're good, but I should be explaining to you why you're good. You know, just like, you know, you hear me talk about, you know, three qualities, things like that, where I say, you know, this person has, you know, the force, the frequency or the stride length. And I say, well, you have stride length, but you don't have the force. You don't have the frequency. So I know why you're fast because you have stride length. So let me give you these other two. I can make you faster. But if I don't know why you're fast, I might say, huh, let me make you, let me, let me give you frequency. I'm going to take away your stride length. Well, I'll just take away your superpower. So, so, so really make sure the person understands why you're good in the first place. And we're not talking about you have to be a superstar good, but just whatever it is you're trying to, whatever it is, everybody's good at something, you know? So why, you know, are you good at cutting? Why are you good at stopping? Why are you good at whatever it is? Why? Let the person, how can they coach you if they don't know why you're good? And it's got to be more than this force application. It's got to be more than that. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. I like it. I like it. Darian, this has been, uh, I appreciate actually you uh, bringing some hot off the press yeah, info uh, for us, man. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah, that makes me feel special. So, first, thank you. <laughs> uh, hot, hot off the press, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, and people will listen to that and they'll be like, huh? Because they, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't want, they won't, because people, like I said, if you, that's tell me, read the book, understand rotations. Yes. That's, yeah. Understand rotations because all you're doing. If you're, and, and the reason people don't understand rotation is this here. They don't see the complete rotation. And so I tell people, if it moved one degree, it rotated one degree. It's like tick-tock on the clock. It ticked, that's one degree, two degrees, three degrees, so forth and so forth. It doesn't have to go the whole way. Right. So that's what people miss out on. Yeah. And, and I, I do want to encourage you guys. Like if y'all do, and I'm not saying this because the Darian is, is, you know, on the show. I mean, the book is very, very good. I just, I hadn't got a chance to finish it yet, but um, I would encourage you to, to read it. it it's excellent. Um, what's it called again, Adarian? Let me introduce you. Tales of threesomes, levers, and movement. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Darren, where, uh, where can everybody find you, man? Uh, like I said, my website is, is, is ninebrains.com. Uh, like I said, name after octopus uh, and everything like that. And then, uh, like I said, I'm be over in Galway, Copenhagen, Rome, Italy, Next couple of weeks, and then I think in May, more of the weekend, I'll be in Louisiana doing a softball clinic down there. So cool, cool. Well, Darren, it's been a pleasure to uh, to meet you and get to talk to you. And man, appreciate everything that you do in yeah. our industry. You know, it's yeah, yeah, awesome. Thank and, you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for helping me. You know, yeah. take these arrows. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I've got I've got so many in my back right now. I'm, I'm good, man. I'm right there with you, bro. We're good. <laughs> so it's been a pleasure, man. Um, thanks for coming on. I really do hope we, uh, we connect again. I've talked to you on, on social and we'll, uh, we'll connect again and do this, uh, another time as well. So guys, uh, remember, uh, if you got any value out of this, share the show guys, um, show some support to us and Darian, share the show, leave us a review. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Y'all have a great day.